Cultivate podcast through the Grove Church. I am Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and really glad that you are joining us. I got my good friend and partner, Mark Freeman, here with us today. What's up, dude? Good. Get you good. coffee. You? Coffee, you're ready to go. I am. I do have coffee, but it's difficult with the mic. Well, you do I'm your discovering, best. But I I'm, believe in you. So if you, yeah, if I make slurping noises, I apologize. So, if you are a regular listener to this, um, we started two episodes ago a series where we were talking about the minor prophets and record scratch. We are stopping after two to take a little pause and talk about something else. And I guess I, I was I was asking, I was thinking, Mark, do I have the freedom to do that? But <laughs> yes, you do. I do. I mean, wait, can I do it? Yes, I can. So there's been something that's kind of just a question and questions that just kind of been going around um, our church right now and just kind of the world in general. And they're not necessarily brand new questions. Um, They kind of circle around, but really just kind of about truth and God's word and how we understand the Bible and can we trust the Bible, all those kinds of things. And so as these things have just kind of been circling around various Bible studies at the church, different groups of people. It just felt like a good time to talk about it. So you down? Yeah. You down to talk about it? Yeah, and it seems like that's a, a good reason for the podcast. When we when we know there's something that's a hot button, let's let's talk it. Yeah. So, um, any minor prophet fans out there? We're not we're not abandoning. <laughs> not that you. that's not a hot prophet. We're not, not abandoning topic, you forever, but we'll we'll come back to it. So, all right. So where should where should we where should we where should we start this off? Well, I mean. I think a a good question um, might seem like a simple one, but I guess it can get kind of complicated. Where where do Christians find truth? That is a really good question, and I think it feels like to me like one of those questions where truth kind of has a a capital T to mm-hmm. it. Like where where is truth? And in fact, there's a there's a fancy there's a fancy word for this where you're trying to figure out what is true, and it's called epistemology. Mm. Epistemology. Ready for that? Say that five times real fast. I don't know. Maybe next time. (laughs) Maybe next time. Um, And so this idea of epistemology is kind of, at its simplest, how do I go from saying this is an opinion of mine, this is something I believe, to... I I think this is a trustworthy fact. So where do I find truth, not opinions, kind of a next level beyond, it's not a wish, it's not an opinion, but I believe this to be a trustworthy fact. So where do you then find truth? And I feel like if you ask that question just in general to people, you would get, you know, you know the, the Christian answer would be, well, truth truth comes from God. You know, but truth also comes from experience. Truth comes from science. Truth comes from people talking and and community and kind of groups of people. You know, and that and so the the question is kind of a deep one as far you know and and has a wide variety of answers. And you know, we were talking about this actually at staff meeting, and um, we were talking about the Bible, and then. Somebody said, "It's like, well, this isn't, this isn't. It's not. It's not the Bible that's the ultimate source of truth. Isn't God the ultimate source the source of truth?" And I was kind of, I was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, so that really is kind of the deepest answer to that question. 
where does truth come from? What makes something true is all truth comes from God's from God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so then the question then, the secondary question then is how do we learn what is true? How do we learn what God thinks about things? So what, what kind of answers would you give to that? Like if, if God is really the, the source of all truth, how do we learn truth from God? Hmm. I'll put it back on you for a second. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to come down to how we believe that God has revealed himself. Yeah. So in what ways do we do we see God? Um, creation, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, I guess other than his word, there are places that we could go where God has, um, but it's the interpretation of those other places is really difficult. You right. look at creation and you go, okay, well, what does this rock teach me? You know, it's, um, <laughs> there's things, there's things for sure. Seem, there's a lot of rocks. It seems like God likes rocks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, and there is a rock, an in particular rock that I have been to several times just to sit there and look at it, and it has uh, grown my faith in God's consistency because that rock really? seems to always be there. I go back there today in this one place back where I grew up, and that rock's still there underneath a waterfall, mm-hmm. and the water's been hitting it all this time since I was born, and it's still there. <laughs> and there's something about that that does communicate to me, but... In a very different way than his word uh, would do that. Right. But, and it's truths from his word that have kind of given me those thoughts even. Right. Of God's unchanging That's really uh, good. nature. I like that a lot. <laughs> There's a verse in Hebrews that means a lot to me where it talks about, you know, in, in the past, the very beginning of Hebrews, in the past, God has revealed himself a lot of different ways. You know, visions, dreams, angels, all these sorts of things. But in these days, he's chosen to reveal himself through his son, Jesus. And so the ultimate knowledge and revelation that we get about who God is is through Jesus, which is exactly what Jesus himself said. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That to see Jesus, to experience Jesus, is to experience God. That gets us a bit of a step closer to understanding how we can know truth. But if Jesus is not physically present here with us, then how do we find out truth about Jesus? And so ultimately, I believe that the Christian answer to this question, where does truth come from? It comes from God. How has God revealed himself? Through Christ. How do we learn about that? It is primarily through his word. Mm -hmm. That God has revealed the truths about himself and his son Jesus Christ through his word. And so I believe, and we as a church believe, and I'm assuming you believe, otherwise we have to maybe remove you from the podcast me off right now. is um, is that the Bible is the Christian's final authority for truth. Mm. And there's a couple of different ways that I have, I have, I have phrased this, right? And the first one, it's kind of this thing, like the, the final authority, the Bible is the final authority on topics on which it addresses. If the Bible addresses an issue, the Bible is the final authority. And, there may be other ideas that compete with that where we can theoretically find truth, but when they compete, if my heart says one thing and the Bible says one thing, if my heart, if, if the Bible says one thing, science says another thing, if, if the Bible says one thing, my experience says one thing, the, the Bible is the final authority. 
And the reason I say final authority is because, I mean, there are other things that are authoritative, that, that speak truth. And this, so the second thing that I like to say is everything that the Bible says is true, but not everything that's true is in the Bible, which can feel like, oh, bro, what are you, what are you saying? It's like, I have three kids, and I've been married for 29 and a half years. Those things are objectively true, and not in the, they're not in the was, you know, that, it's that not it's, it's not in the Bible. It's not <laughs> it in the Bible. The, you're not in one of the lineages. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I guess we could just we'd have to start taping <laughs> things. Baguette. Start taping things to the back of the Bible, yeah. Revelation one million and four or something. Yeah, and so there are certain you can discover things that are that are true that aren't in the Bible, but we believe that everything that is in the Bible is true, and so when the Bible speaks to it. Um, then that, that is that is the final authority. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah, and 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 so for people who are fond of the Bible, who are pursuing Christ in some way, I think everybody believes that the Bible is authoritative. That the Bible is important, is spiritually important, is important for knowledge. But I think the conflict comes for a lot of us when. I read something that is counter to what the Bible says. And so whether it be in a science class, a philosophy class, or just kind of in the own in your in the in, in your own moral kind of yearnings in your heart, um there's lots of things that can make one believe or think that the Bible is wrong about something. But we believe that for the for a Christian, ultimate truth, when that when there's a competition, the Bible wins. Mm. It's not always a competition. The Bible is not competing about whether or not I have three kids or not. It's not always a competition between things that are true. But when there is, the Bible wins. So then that brings up the question because a lot of Christians believe that, but yet we come up with completely different answers. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do we do with that? So if the Bible the the Bible being the final authority for Christians doesn't seem to bring unity everywhere. So where where do you think that comes from? Man, we see it all the time when um you know somebody's interviewed and uh they give an answer to something and they take sound bites of it and make that person say something they didn't even say. Mm. I mean there's a lot of opinions about what exactly did that person they they clearly said something and meant to say something, but ten people walk away and report on it with all these right. all these different takeaways. And so, uh, yeah, the interpretation um, and how it's interpreted do leave it does leave room for people to walk away with a lot of different takeaways. I actually heard quite a few really cool things there um, that we can come up with different ideas because maybe. People are editing the clips. If you edit the video, you can come up with one impression. Um, I think I also heard you say that the different sorts of biases that you bring to it make you hear something different than maybe what has been said. But then you also said something kind of (coughs) sneaky. Where you said, the person that said it meant something when he said it. Because you put all of those things together, and I think that that really gets to the heart of kind of what we believe as far as how do we understand the Bible, because it's a big deal. If it's a big deal, if we're going to say that the Bible is the final authority on life, God, morality, you better 
you better be understanding it correctly. You better be interpreting it correctly. You better be doing a good job because you're not just giving your opinion about some book. You are making a statement about where capital, what, what is capital T true? And so there's actually another fancy word for that. We've talked about epistemology today, which is where we find truth. And if we say it comes from God's word, hermeneutics is a big fancy word for how do you uh, the, how do you, how do you interpret something? And so biblical her- hermeneutics is how do I interpret the Bible? And there's lots of different ways. Um, there's lots of different approaches, but I'm really mindful of two in particular. One is kind of more a um, like a we may call a reader centered approach, where you bring your heart and your thoughts to it. And what is true from the Bible is what you feel when you read it. So you're looking for God to speak to you today through his word. And so you bring your heart, your troubles, you read a passage and you're interacting with it and you're going to have some sort of emotive or maybe a cognitive response to it. And that is how you interpret the Bible. Like what I'm thinking. So you may come with, you see this play out in different ways, certain certain social justice. There's a social justice approach, hermeneutic to the scripture, a feminist approach to the scripture, where somebody comes from a particular train of thought. Their their concerns, their primary goals, their primary values, and then they read the Bible through those lenses, right? And it's like, and so it's based on, it's based on, what I value most, and I put that onto the scripture. And then either one of two things happens. You, you know, you, you put everything, you want, you want the Bible to be true, but you, you run it through this grid and everything that you say turns up to believe that. Like someone is like, hey, Mark, God's going to overwhelm you this week with the number two. You would just see the number. You would start to see the number two everywhere. Well, that, that's what I was thinking about. It's like when, you, uh, when you're interested in maybe buying a car or you just bought a car. And you didn't see that car anywhere, but then now all of a sudden it's on your mind and you see that car everywhere, everywhere you look, there's, there's that same thing, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, once you start looking for it, then you find it everywhere. And I'm not saying a negative thing about any of those ideas about social justice or feminism or any of those things. I'm just saying that that we don't want to take, we don't, there's an approach where my biases and my values help me understand what the scripture means. So it's kind of a reader-centered approach, but really what what we believe is what is called kind of the historical grammatical approach. And it really ties in with what you're saying, which is what the author meant when he when he wrote it determines what it means. Not how I feel about it when I read it, but what but what was written, who wrote it, when he wrote it, why he wrote it, and the grammar that he used when he wrote it. Sometimes people call that a literal approach to the Bible, but to me, literal is kind of overused because not everything in the Bible is literal because some of it is poetry. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. God's not a shepherd. He doesn't have sheep. I guess technically if everything belongs to God, he's got sheep, but that's not what that's saying. It's not saying that God is a literal shepherd with a crook on a hill with sheep that he's trying to get to eat grass. It's a metaphor, but it is a, if you look at it historically and grammatically, the point that the author is trying to make is true. It's true. 
the Lord is like a shepherd in these ways, that he leads us to, he cares for us, he leads us to good places. And so the point that it makes is literally true, even if the phrase itself isn't literally true. But if if the Bible states a fact, then that fact is a fact. If it teaches something that is true, it's true. And so we understand who wrote it, why they wrote it, to who that they wrote it, when they wrote it, the genre, the grammar, and we work really hard to figure out what this actually means and whatever that is is true. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. I don't know if you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna get to this, but um if you timestamp it like that, all right. Mm-hmm. So this is right. has a historical setting, it's you know, there was an original audience, there was an original author. Um what does that say about its being living and active today? It's it's relevance for us today. Um, it does it does the scripture evolve? You know, I, I hear questions like that. And um yeah, what that is a actually an, an excellent question because the historical context of a passage really does matter. And so then how I can apply a passage has a lot to do with what I have in common with the audience that it was spoken to. For example, if a command is given by Jesus that is to everyone, then it is to everyone. If Paul gives a command that is for believers and we're believers, then it's for everyone. Um, and, And they may have been applying it in a particular setting, but we look, okay, here's how they probably were applying this truth in the setting. I want to take the truth, and then I want to place it in my setting. And so, you know, there may be, Jesus talks about to not look, to not, to look at someone lustfully is the same as adultery. Okay, so they they had a certain idea of what that meant. Um, we can apply that truth into context, visual context of television, internet surfing. We can apply that in a context that wasn't true to them, but the principle of not lusting is true. Transfers, yeah. And so the the we want to understand what was said in that context, not because it is limited to them, but to find the truth in the thing that Jesus or Paul or Moses is saying, to find that core truth and then take it and put it in our context. Another example that I like to use is at the end of 2 Timothy 4, where Paul says to Timothy, hey, when you come to me, bring me my cloak that I left in Troas and my books, especially the parchments. Like we don't, like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do that. It's not possible. Paul's dead and I don't think he has a cloak in Troas anymore unless Timothy failed. Right. And it's, it's still, 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 there and somewhere. It's still somewhere. I don't even, <laughs> wouldn't even begin to know where to look. Um, and so that doesn't, that, that doesn't have particular application for us. But if you study that book as a whole, you'll realize that even in that command, what Paul was saying is, I want you to still identify with me. I want you to identify with the gospel and I want you to do it in a public way. Mm-hmm. And so there is actually is in this weirdest of verses, in this least applicable of verses, there is a principle that Paul was wanting Timothy to live out that we can get to that we then apply into our own context. Mm-hmm. And so the context and the specific applications are different from culture to culture and season to season. 
but the truth that underlies the application is universal. Mm-hmm. That, did that answer the question? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I noticed you even uh, spoke to this a little bit Sunday, I believe, um, you know, in the command um, to be, you know, be mindful when you're eating with someone and the question of whether they could eat food sacrificed to idols. Yeah. And that, that was definitely a command for a specific people in a specific time that we don't really know much about, even though it still happens in our world. In our context, it doesn't so much. Right. But that does, but there are circumstances that are similar. Right. Where we consider other another's feelings and, you know, it matters to us, not just what we want to do and what we're free to do, but how it affects others. Right. And so, yeah, that was... And so what I like to do as far as like kind of what does it mean? Where the, the big picture question you ask, how do we find truth? And like and like to me, like I imagine this kind of this this stacking pyramid. At the bottom is where do we find truth, which is we find it in God through Jesus, through his word. And then on top of that it's built is is our hermeneutics, is that we really want to not say what we think the Bible says or what we want the Bible to say or what we feel when we read it, but to really work hard to study and understand what it actually means. And then we build on top of that what we do. The church word for that would be our polity, mm-hmm. which is how do we be- how then do we now behave? How do we decide what we do? And to me, this sort of this illustration is really good because most of the time people are asking, what should I do questions? We're wrestling with big picture cultural issues. What does the Bible say about this? How should a Christian feel about this? What should a Christian do? You're asking political questions, cultural questions, kind of those things like what is what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to believe? And we start at the top and then most people don't go any further than that. They just say, well, what should we do? And you get to go, what do I think? What do I feel about it? But I believe that a really Christian approach to those sorts of questions is, okay, what should I do? What is the right thing to think or believe or do feel in this context? Well, really that depends on what the Bible says. What does the Bible really say? And to do a thorough job to understand everything that the Bible says about a particular topic. And you want to wrestle with, do I really fully understand what the Bible says? And then underneath that, there's kind of this foundation that says, if the Bible speaks to this, I will believe it. And so I don't, we, we don't want that foundation to get shaky. Right. We want to wrestle with, maybe I don't fully understand what the Bible says. And maybe we're uncertain about what we're supposed to do. But we have this foundation that says, I know that I can trust God's word. So I'm on, I, want to, I want to study, I want to learn, I want to be in groups with people to talk about, to make sure we understand exactly what the word says. And then once we understand what God's word says, then we can know what the right thing to do is. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be my slash our church's answer to that big picture question, where does truth come from? How do mm-hmm. we decide what is true? How do we decide what is right? So we're going to okay. keep this conversation going uh, because I think if, if we're going to say that all truth comes from God's word, we need to make sure we really fully understand. So we're going to spend a couple of more episodes kind of talking about God's word. 
You down for some of that? Yeah. You got, good, I hope you're down stuff. too because we're going to keep this going for the next couple of episodes. So hope you will join us back. And again, we would love to connect with you, know who you are. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us at thegrovechurch.org slash connect, whether you are local or not. And we can help you get connected or you can join us in our services live or you can stream either way. Um, I'm Charlie. This is Mark. And we're on staff there at The Grove. We would love to help you any way that we can. So please let us know. And thanks again for joining us at the Cultivate Podcast.